Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or more sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. as a child. Now before I go any further, I must say that I have no actual memory of this event, so the version you're about to hear is the memory, is my memory of the way the story's been told to me over the years. Picture it. It was Sharonville, Ohio, 1990. My family and I had just moved from our home in New Hampshire to our new home on a cul-de-sac in suburban Cincinnati, where all of the houses looked pretty much the same. Two doors down from our new house lived a family with four kids, and one of the daughters was my age. So to get me out of the house while they were unpacking, my parents dropped me off at the neighbor's house to play. When it was time for me to go home, the neighbors sent me on my way to walk the two doors over to my house. Now this was a brand new house, in a brand new neighborhood, in a brand new state, and I was just closing in on three years old. So, as you might imagine, I walked out the front door and started walking confidently towards my new house, except I was walking in the complete opposite direction. When I was late coming home, my parents went to the neighbor's house to collect me, only to be told that I had already been sent home. So here's where the panic ensues for my parents. So they start walking up and down the street, knocking on doors, talking to people, the whole thing. Eventually, down at the far end of the street, they encountered another couple who was peddling a brown-haired toddler door-to-door, trying to figure out where she belonged. (laughs) (laughs) Relief and joy all around. Now, it's hard to know exactly how long all this took, but I'm guessing somewhere in the vicinity of 20 to 30 minutes from the time my parents realized I was missing to when they actually found me. In the grand scheme of life, that's not a very long time. But to them, I'm sure it felt like an eternity. For me, it all ended before I even knew what was going on. And that's how it is for the sheep and the coin in this morning's passage too, right? Jesus tells these two parables, one about a shepherd who loses one sheep and leaves the 99 others to go look for it, and the other about a woman who searches high and low for her lost coin. The coin certainly doesn't know that it's lost, and the sheep may have a sense that it's lost, But that sense activates its freeze response, and it can't aid the shepherd in finding it. It just lies down in fear. These lost things don't know what it means to be lost. They aren't aware that anyone is searching for them. So it seems to me that these parables can't or aren't meant to teach us what it feels like to be lost, or to serve as cautionary tales about how to go about being found once we discover that we are lost because sometimes we don't even know when we're lost. Maybe we can sense it, or maybe it feels more like we've lost something. But ultimately, we don't know that we've taken off headed in the completely wrong direction. So then, what's important in these parables must be about the seeker. The first thing that we know about the seeker is that they know exactly how many sheep and coins they have. 
They have a deeply ingrained sense of what belongs to them, and they can feel it when something's missing. The second thing we know about the seeker is that they value each individual in their possession, and that they will search high and low to make sure that individual is, returned with the is reunited with the rest. They know when the group is not whole, and it never crosses their mind to cut their losses and, carrying on, and carry on with those who remain. The seeker is the one who is frantically searching, walking up and down the street, knocking on doors, sweeping the whole house, lighting all the lamps, wading through every thicket in the countryside until the lost one is found. So then maybe it seems like we're supposed to glean from these parables how much God loves each one of us individually, so much so that God would abandon the others just to seek us out and bring us home frantically searching until we're found. While I believe that this is true and not a bad takeaway from this morning's gospel, something stuck out to me in reading these verses this week that I hadn't picked up on before. These stories don't end when the shepherd finds the sheep or when the woman finds the coin. The stories end in the celebration of these things being found with the whole community. The stories end with a celebration of the community becoming whole once again. So while I do believe that God loves us each individually, maybe what God loves more than that is wholeness. Maybe God knows even better than we know ourselves that when one person is lost, none of the others can be complete until they return. Maybe God loving each of us individually actually looks like God loving all of us together. So maybe the celebration isn't so much about the one sinner being found, but about the community made whole. In fact, many of Jesus' healing miracles have a similar flow. Jesus heals an individual who has been afflicted from some sort of illness for a long time. But the end result isn't always just about the healing. It's about the restoration of that person to the community. The actual telos, our ultimate end of this morning's parables, and the parable of the prodigal son, which follows, is always the celebration, the rejoicing. I imagine it was similar for my parents, too. Yes, the moment they found me flooded them with joy and relief, I'm sure. But I imagine that that deep, settled peace came over them later, when we all sat down with my brother to eat dinner. And they looked around the table knowing our family had been made whole. That's when the true rejoicing comes. So if we're looking for God in the world, we must go to where the lost ones are and join in the search. Because Jesus tells us that that's where the seeker will be found. We must wade into the lost places too and seek out the seeker joining in the search for the one. But we also have to look for the rejoicing and respond to the invitation that God extends to us when the one who was lost has been found. Because when, even when we don't feel lost, we are not whole until every last lost one is restored. And when, when, and when we are the one who's lost, we trust that God searches for us, not only because God loves us, but also because without us, no one else can be whole. <laughs>